gone through. And you know that Jesus is your deliverer. And Jesus is your salvation. He is your healer. And for that we give him praise. Now, today's message will, I'm certain, will not be able to be completed in just this one setting. And no doubt next week we'll have to have the conclusion in fact these two messages this Sunday and next Sunday is going to be the subway into a new uh, series that I'll be teaching beginning the first Wednesday in uh, September it's so important of what the Lord has been dealing with me about that I want to share with you the congregation this morning. I've been walking with God in a new life's journey. He's been sharing with me some new thoughts, new concepts. And truthfully, I'm in a metamorphous stage, changing. Anybody feel a change coming in your life as well? So, it's going to be important that you understand, you won't perhaps get the full essence of what I'm dealing with today, but I pray that you'll get a glimpse to see where we're going. I'm going to be reading from the book of Nehemiah, chapter number five. However, I'm going to be using the NIV version for the message today. Now, you can remain seated as we give reference, uh, reverence to the Word of God, but please hear me in what the, word, what the Word of the Lord is saying. Nehemiah chapter 5, verse number 1. The Bible says this. Now, the men and their wives raised a great outcry against their Jewish brothers. Verse 2, some were saying, we and our sons and daughters are numerous. In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. We need food to eat. Others were then saying, we're mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our homes to get grain during the famine. Still others were saying, we've had to borrow money to pay the Trump, ta I mean, I'm sorry, the king's tax <laughs> on our fields and vineyards. Although we are of the same flesh and blood as our countrymen, and though our sons are as good as theirs, Yet we have to subject our sons and daughters to slavery. In fact, some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but we're powerless because our fields and our vineyards belong to others. Verse 6, Nehemiah says this. When I heard their outcry and these charges, I was very angry. 
And today's message is entitled, It's Time to Get Angry. Look at somebody and just tell them, It's Time to Get Angry. Oh, you're going to have to walk with me. You're going to have to walk with me. I hope at the end of this message you'll still believe I'm saved. Because it's time to get angry. Father, we thank you now and we pray for the anointing and the unction of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, speak to us. Help us to hear clearly the edict of the church and the people of God in these last days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I mentioned previously, I'm on a new walk with God. And I've been pondering my life. Yes, my past, uh, my present, but more so my future. That's why I was so blessed by Minister Burns' Michael's presentation at the men's retreat because he talked about the vision and seeing the vision for your life. And I asked some of the men who were older than me to stand up, and there were a few, but even at our age, we cannot conclude that our life is over. But there's still yet a vision, a plan that God has for us. And for me, I've been looking at my assignment, especially as it relates to kingdom perspective. Now, I'll be making an announcement next Sunday. Um, and it's going to be dealing with some things coming up. Me personally, the church. So, uh, you'll, you'll understand it a little better. And... Some of you can remember I confessed that I have had to be deprogrammed from a lot of stuff that I was made to feel crucial and was subject to my eternity that really wasn't important at all. But we were overlooking or ignoring things that were vital. I talked about, you know, sometimes, and here, we don't like to use that word, but we were brainwashed. <laughs> we were brainwashed as, as, a, as, a, as a child of God in our church with some things that had we, if we would have crossed that, we were headed for the lake of fire. In fact, the phrase was, you're going to bust hell wide open. I don't know how much wider hell can be bust open, but it put a fear in us because, of course, our desire is to live for God and to do the right thing, but in perspective, I'm seeing a lot of things that were told to us was not really scriptural 
or factual? Well, I feel like preaching today. See, Elder Tarber preached last week, but I got to remind him who daddy is up in here. <laughs> but seriously, things that we were exposed to, especially when you grew up in the church, it, 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 it put a fear in you to do some things and now many of us are still under that cloud to break free from things that was instilled in us. Oh, y'all going to hear me. Oh, I'm changing. I'm involving. And, and just like the message last week, I'm tired of this church. Now, the message is entitled, It's Time to Get Angry. Somebody shout, angry. angry. Anger is one of the basic and completely normal human emotions, even as elemental as being happy, sad, or anxious. Anger is characterized by antagonism or hostility towards someone or something you feel has deliberately done you or others wrong. But here's the concern. When anger gets out of control, it turns destructive and becomes wrath. See, wrath is when your anger is so strong. Here it is. Vengeful action takes place where you seek retribution and perform any act or actions to fulfill your intent to the person that you feel did you wrong. And you become uncontrollable. That's where individuals actually have to seek counseling for anger management. Now, please understand. Hear the essence. Stay with me. Anger is a normal, godly emotion that he has instilled with us as humans. But Sister Phyllis, the issue becomes when anger becomes uncontrollable and then turns to wrath. So there's a thin line. Help me, Holy Ghost. Ooh, I feel like preaching today. There's a thin line between anger and sin. And see, what the church taught us was don't get angry in the first place. Because the fear was your anger would turn to sin. 
So to avoid sin at any cost, don't get angry in the first place. But how can you not get angry if that's something that's normal within me? How can I not get angry when this is an emotion that God has instilled within me and it's natural? Oh, I feel like preaching today. So, so, so the church would teach us don't get angry. Remember? <laughs> oh, I'm going to make it plain. Because it's going to be, it, it's very hard. Somebody slap you on one cheek. That you're going to willingly turn it and say, slap me again. Somebody said, yeah, right. The devil is a liar. I wish somebody hear me. And that's why we read in the congregation our scripture this morning. And I try that the scripture some way, somehow relates to the message. But the apostle Paul, using the message version, spoke to the church at Ephesus and said, go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And then don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of what? Foothold in your life. Hallelujah. It's all right to be angry, but, but don't, don't let the anger become a foothold because it then will change your perspective of how you should move forward. But he said, go ahead and be angry. Now, now, here's the issue that I'm leading. I'm really leading up to something. And like I said, I'll, I'll probably have to go next week into some more depth. But when I see that scripture says, go ahead and be angry. Listen, there are circumstances and issues that justify us. Even with the Holy Ghost filled believers to get angry about. And we can no longer just sit in our pews and use the strategy that has been given to us in the past, just pray about it. Just pray about it. Hallelujah. Because again, our fathers understood that if you don't control the anger, it would lead to the potential of sin. So, we were encouraged, Amy, don't get angry in the first place. But... How can you see injustice going on 
and you don't open your mouth and you don't take action against the injustices that are happening. Because in essence, Broderick, your silence becomes consent. Hallelujah! But there's got to arise a voice even from the church, the apostolic church, the holiness church. We can no longer just keep quiet and pray about something. Ooh, when we look at how the devil is raging in our communities and killing our children and, and starving us and we're mortgaging our homes and we of us, we got to stand up and do something about it. Hallelujah. Look at somebody tell them it's time to get angry. Even in this community, I have probably intentionally refrained from addressing some issues because you don't always want to be labeled something. But, but I'm finding that, and see, this is how God is dealing with me. Some things we've been, we got to deprogram ourselves. And I'm Plus the action behind the anger is necessary. Help me, Holy Ghost. Now, there's some things I can't justify what the church taught me in the past. I'm talking about my church. When I compare what I'm reading in the scripture. Hallelujah. And I feel, DeQuince, our perfect example has to be Jesus Christ. WWJD. What would Jesus do? Hallelujah. And when we always concluded that Jesus would just pray about it, I don't always read that in the scripture. When we conclude, all you do is turn your other cheek. But I don't see Jesus always doing that. Oh, you shouldn't get angry. Uh, just, just be quiet. I don't, I don't see Jesus doing that. And if he is my perfect example, then i got to see what would Jesus do in this situation. Now, historically, the conservative holiness church stress not to get angry. You know, turn the other cheek. So the saints of old, listen, did not engage with most social injustices. Even the civil rights movement we were told, pray about it. But you didn't see any of us in the sit-ins. You didn't see us rioting. 
You didn't see us uh, uh, carrying a, a sign because that was identified as being something ungodly even though the actions warranted somebody to get angry about. And even within the Pentecostal systems of the world, there were only few that I know of who actually participated because it was frowned on. Some of y'all know I'm telling the truth. The Honorable Bishop Arthur Brazier was one in Chicago with the Woodlawn uh, organization. Uh, Bishop Charles Watkins in Cleveland, Ohio, even Bishop David Ellis in Detroit were just a few, and I'm sure there were others that really got involved even during the civil rights working with Martin Luther King Jr. But for the most part, uh, not the apostolic church, not the holiness church. Oh, we just sat around and prayed about it. <laughs> the, 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 the black power movement. Remember the Black Panthers? I'm not talking about the movie Black Panther. I'm talking about the real Black Panthers. Stokely Carmichael and uh, Angela Davis. In Mexico City, Carlos and the other guy. Ooh, if I even wore an afro to church, I was silenced. Because we would not identify. Oh, you, you, you crossed the line now. Now see, some of you don't know what I'm talking about because you was right there. Black power, black power. <laughs> Listen, and I'm not trying to go through a history class, but we needed that to identify that even black with kinky hair was somebody. Because up to that point, all you saw were white Barbie dolls. And then an inferior complex formed. If you weren't white, that meant you weren't worth anything. And even when we look at how the government, through the FBI, used ungodly means to keep and thwart the black movement from moving forward it was ashamed and somebody should have got angry thank God for the Dr. Martin Luther Kings and the others who took their lives and put it at stake so we today could have freedom and be recognized as a human being but where were we in the church, praying about it. Hallelujah. When I look out and see things that are happening today, glory to God, somebody better get angry about it. And as you know, I don't use the pulpit for political means, but... When you see ungodly things happening from the White House on down, we got to lift up our voice and represent the King of Kings. It's not right. 
And I don't care how many evangelicals support what he is doing, the bottom line, if it's not right, it's not right. And you can't tell me it's right. And it's more than just sitting around praying about it. But you got to get angry. When I see, when I see uh, not, not just a color, but people as a whole being abused and taken advantage of. When people are making billions and billions and billions of dollars and then still won't let you get a student loan. Needs. Not even allowing you to have food with food stamps. Or decent housing. Oh, God, help me, Holy Ghost. It's time to get angry. Somebody shout glory. I, I hope you feel, still feel I'm saved after this message. Hallelujah. See, that's why there's a thin line. There's a thin line between anger and wrath and you got to know yourself see there's certain movies I cannot look at so when you talk about Mississippi burning some, something else going to be burning up in here but Jesus is our perfect example. See, I'm not just talking, Sister Teresa, just to be talking. I got scripture to back me up. Hallelujah. See, see, I just don't talk or use philosophical or a positioning because it sounds good. Let's let's look at the scripture. Let's get in the word. Uh, it's not just Glenn up here. But let's see what the Bible says. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go, go. Listen. All four Gospels, which is a rarity, because many of them do not all identify the same things happening. But for this instance, all four of the Gospels identify an instance where Jesus got angry. He went to the temple and what he saw were individuals taking advantage of other people. You see, when, when the Lord said, turn the other cheek, it was something against me. But when you begin to attack somebody else, the Lord said, wait a minute. You didn't gone too far. Oh, I wish somebody would help me. See, 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 it's one thing when you call me out of my name. 
But you better not say anything about my children. Y'all, war's getting ready to happen up in here. So let's, if you don't mind, go to St. John chapter 2. And believe it or not, I'm almost finished for where I'm at today. What'd you say? Thank you, Jesus. St. John chapter number 2. Verse number 13, and I believe they have it being projected as well. I'm using the King James Version since most of us have the King James Version. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the church those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting in the church. Now, please understand. That in itself was not what God got angry about. Because they fulfilled a need. When you came to Jerusalem, you had to provide a sacrifice. So if you did not have the proper sacrifice, you then had to secure what was required through the Jewish historical account. Remember, Cain did not bring an offering that was presented, that, that was received by the Lord. Now, he could have received the right offering, but he's God rejected it. So knowing that, they set up a means by which individuals can receive the proper offering to sacrifice in the temple. But some ungodly men said this is a way we can gain money for ourselves. So they took advantage and in essence set up a payday loan in the church. Because they knew people had to buy the sacrifice. So they set an exorbitant amount to pay for the sacrifice and charge tremendous interest. They were taking advantage of the poorest of people. Help me, Holy Ghost. And because no one else would speak up for them, Jesus got angry. He becomes angry when he sees his children being taken advantage of. Hallelujah. Don't feel God doesn't have your back. And when he spied 
and observed the people who had perverted God's right purposes for their own gain, where they were taking advantage financially and cheating people through these exorbitant exchange rates. And listen, they were compelling people to buy temple-approved animals on the pretext that their own animals weren't worthy. Jesus denounced such greedy goings-on. And here it is. He got angry. Now let's see what the Bible says. Like I said, all... All, all the gospels give an account, and the other ones talk about, you've made my house of prayer a den of thieves. But in John, he doesn't use that phraseology, but he goes a step further. Verse number, uh, where am I at? Verse, verse number 14. St. John chapter 2, verse 14, the Bible says, and he found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changes of money sitting. Verse 15. And when he had made a scourge of small coins, he made a whip. He got some braids together and formed a whip. And the Bible says, he didn't say, Please leave the temple. Please stop what you're doing. Wait, 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 wait. Jesus goes in there and starts swinging and driving them out. Overturning their tables. Causing an uproar. Wait, wait, wait. Jesus got physical. Jesus said, come on. children. You're messing with my people. You're messing with the wrong ones. How dare you take advantage of those that I love, those that I brought here. How? It's time to get angry. I refuse to allow my people to still be subject to your ungodliness. teaching you feel condemned I'm sorry I don't see Jesus apologizing for his actions I'm still saved filled with the Holy Ghost but well, we got to get a different understanding that there's some things we have to get angry about. 
and not just the government. There's some things I'm seeing even in the church that no one is lifting up their voice to decry actions and attitudes and this and that. Somebody got to get angry about it. Now, now know that the moment you get angry that there becomes a target on your back. And because people don't want to go through the fight, they then settle for not saying anything. And even now, that's why people don't always get involved in issues. Y'all don't hear me. But see, greater is he that is with me than he that is in the world. Because things are driven by a spirit. The moment you counter that spirit, the spirit says, all right, you're on my list. Now, if you get angry, you step out there, you got to know there's a fight going on. Like I said, I'm going to talk about some things even with New Bethel. But we've been under a tremendous fight because of what we represent. And the novice would think, oh, the, the, the Lord must not be with the church. This is not happening. You don't know the fight that's going on. And in the heavenlies, angels are fighting against the forces of evil. I wish somebody heard me. Listen, the moment you decide that you're standing out for God, things will start happening in your home. People will start turning their, 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 they're showing their colors. You'll, you'll be fought with issues you never thought would arise in your home. But when you start getting on the devil's territory, but it's still time to get angry. Hallelujah. Now, let me conclude. Let me conclude. Because I, I, I'm, 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 I'm concluding. It's 1230. I, I'm, I'm finished. This is where we'll pick it up next Sunday. What is it time to get angry about? Sister Stephanie. It's time to get angry about social injustices. And we must develop strategies. Take action. I told Brother Crawford, set up an appointment with me to see our congresswoman, our representative. We can no longer just be on the sidelines. I am not against the Republican Party, but it's time to dump Trump. 
it's time to get angry. And I'm not here for a political outcry, but if the church does not galvanize itself, and it has to be more than just prayer. Yeah, we know prayer works, but then we need to get out and vote. We need to get out and persuade somebody else to vote. We need to know what issues are happening even in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm out. It's time to get angry when we see uh, another black child killed by somebody else that's black. Somebody, somebody's mama should have took a belt off a long time ago. Ooh, don't talk about that. If you don't spare the rod, you're creating a monster in your home. Hallelujah. 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 I hope you still love me after this. Lord, should I say it? Glory to God. Now your baby done had five children out of wedlock. With five different husbands, uh, uh, fathers. Now it's time. You... you uh, See, see, we got We can't just get angry at the enemy. Sometimes we got to get angry in our own house. And we can't cry prejudice when sometimes our own kids are acting a fool. I said, I didn't get all. I didn't get that same. Hallelujah. the immigration issue and here, here's the, there's an underlining spirit and principle I, I'm getting ready to stop I'm getting ready to stop the reason why they do not want those that are coming into our country is because eventually they the, the, the majority will become the minority <laughs> That's the bottom line. To keep others out so that we can maintain the majority. And, and, and here we are in the church, sometimes ignorant of things that are happening around us. Look at someone and say, it's time to get angry. And even for you, it's time to get angry at how the devil is controlling your life. It's time to get angry. It's time to get angry at how the devil is influencing your thinking. I've told many people, I've told many people, listen, you don't come to New Bethel to get the... Uh, the, the sanction of other people in the congregation. I'm here for one purpose, oh, that's to worship God. I want to be 
be in a place that I can hear God speaking. I can be in a place where the worship invites the presence of God. I want to be in a place where I know the Holy Spirit is moving. If you don't speak to me, I can kill it. Why is your not speaking to me going to keep me home? If you got an issue with me, it's time for you to hit the door. Because I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to stay where the Lord is leading me. I know where my blessing comes from. I know where my power is. And God's brought you here this morning. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit speaks to you directly and tells you this is your place. This is where God wants you. And I want to invite you right now. Even some